Likuti Sichos, Chelik Yud Ches, Volume 18, the second Sicha for Parshas by Midbar. This is a Rashi Sicha. It happens to be a very long Rashi Sicha, as it's a combination of actually two separate Sichas that were delivered by the Rebbe in two separate years on the same Pasuk. Uh, it has like 15 chapters. So we're not going to cover it all. We're not going to cover every single detail, but I'll try to cover the main uh points of the sicha and you know get the gist of the question answer and the insight on rashi and we're going to enjoy again many of the klole rashi the rules on rashi which we've already become very familiar with also we'll get an interesting perspective and some jewish history and on the importance of every single year being a descendant of avram avinu uh, in order to help us better get through the Sicha, I would ask you to become a little familiar with the term Shoimerei Mishmeres HaKodesh. Shoimerei Mishmeres HaKodesh, which is uh, what the Levim were appointed to do, which typically gets translated to mean that they attend to the duties of the sanctuary. Shoimerei Mishmeres HaKodesh, they attend to the duties of the sanctuary. However, literally, and this is important, literally it means that they are the ones to safeguard, like Shomer means to watch, to keep, to safeguard, that they are the safeguarding um, agents of the security, so to speak, of the sanctuary. Let's get into it. In chapter 3, verse 15, after the Torah discusses the counting of all the Yidin, how they were all counted, the males, mi ben esim shan of amayla, from 20 years and of age and above. The Torah tells us, p'koides b'nei levi, count the children of levi, and says, quote, mi ben chodesh amayla, from 30 days old, from one month old and above. So Rashi on these words says to us, explains why from 30 days and, up and older. So Rashi says, mi sheyatza that once, as soon as he passed the age of non-viability, meaning, according to the Torah, up to 30 days old, you don't know for sure if that child's going to make it. So once it becomes certain that he is a viable child, then, Hunimna, he is now counted, Likare, to be called, quote, Shoimer Mishmeres HaKodesh, one who uh, is appointed, is assigned to the duties of the sanctuary, or one who guards the sanctuary. And then he continues, and he says, Omar Rabbi Yehuda ben Rabsholim. Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabsholim, said, that, that this tribe is already used to, it's usual for this tribe, to be counted, quote, from the womb, from birth. Where do we see this? Shenamar, because it says, Asha when it enumerates the 70 people who are, quote, arrive with Yaakov, who came with Yaakov to Mitzrayim. So it, 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 if you look at the count there, it only comes out to be 69. So we look for, a, we, we have another reference of another one person that, quote, came, exactly was born on the, upon the entrance of Mitzrayim, and that is Yocheved, the mother of Moshe Rabbeinu. And he says, Im Knisasa, with their entry, Bepesach Mitzrayim, in the entrance of Mitzrayim, literally as they entered, Yoda Oisai, she gave birth to her, Vinimnis Bishvim and she was count, counted 
as part of the 70 people who entered. And now she says that when you count, you will find that there's only 70 minus one, but she is the one who made up the entire number. Okay, this is the Rashi. So it seems obvious that the reason why Rashi is telling us this whole Rashi, in other words, what is he, what is his purpose? What is his objective in explaining to us all of, all of this is to tell us that really it's not about 30 days old that makes it important, but rather it's the tribe of Levi is counted, quote, from birth. In other words, as follows. What do we have up to now? Up to now we have that the Torah gives a significance to a certain age, kind of makes a certain age bracket. When all the other Jewish males were counted, it's me ben esrim shana from 20 years and above. So one may think that there's some significance of, quote, me ben from a month old, from 30 days old and above. And therefore, Rashi explains to us that it has nothing to do about 30 days as much as it has to do with, quote, from birth. It's just a technical thing that up to 30 days, the Torah says there's no way to, determining, to determine that this child indeed is a viable child who will live past 30 days and therefore uh, merits to be counted. And that's why you wait to 30 days, so it's just a technical thing. That's what it seems to be the purpose, the point of Rashi. However, there are some questions. We know that usually Rashi doesn't give us reasons. Rashi doesn't have to give us reasons for things. If he explains what 30 days old means and why, that's it. Now, why meaning what it is, and that's it. Why explain to us the background of it, that this tribe gets counted from 30 days, and it's normal, and they're called, you know, the servants, even from 30 days up and above. For example, we already have in the Torah a mitzvah that has to do with birth and with viability of life. And that is where it says if an animal, from when an animal is born, it cannot be offered as a carbon until eight days old. Over there, Rashi doesn't give us any reason why eight days old. Although the reason is indeed, like I just said, because up to eight days, you don't know if this is a viable animal. So in other words, you might be offering a technically dead animal on the Mizbeach, on the altar, and therefore the Torah says, wait for it to be eight days old. So why over here did Rashi find it necessary to explain it? Another thing is, why is Rashi really adding with saying to us that, quote, they are now called at 30 days old, they are now, or from birth technically, they are called Shoimer Mishmeres HaKodesh, the, the appointees of the service of the, of the sanctuary, of the Mikdash. Why is this necessary? What is Rashi adding, adding with this? We know that that's the task of the Levim, A, and B, isn't it the case that later in the parsha we find that indeed the Levim, all the Levites, they became a substitute. They became the redeemers of the firstborn of Bnei Yisrael. In other words, since the firstborn of Bnei Yisrael technically should have served, and they exchanged them. Now, when it came to the firstborn of Bnei Yisrael, we see later in the parsha that Hashem instructs to count them from 30 days up and above, from 30 days old and above. So what is the difficulty? Why can't it just be that they were counted from 30 days up and above in order to substitute the firstborn of Bnei Yisrael, who they too were counted at, the, at that age? Why does Rashi have to insert this, that they are, quote-unquote, called the appointees, um, the ones who are tasked with, the service in the sanctuary already from that age. 
Another few questions. We do find that in Rashi itself, in a previous Rashi, earlier in the parsha, okay, in chapter 1, verse 49, over there Rashi explained why the Levites are different than the rest of the, of the Bnei Yisrael. When Hashem instructed the count of Bnei Yisrael, Hashem clearly said, do not count the tribe of Levi alongside all the other Jews. And over there, Rashi gives us two reasons. He says, number one, because this is, quote, the legion of the king. This is the elite legion of the king, and they deserve to be counted differently, being that they have this greater status. And then he says, B, because Hashem knew that in the future, those who are 20 years old and above, meaning those who are on the count of Bnei Yisrael, will be punished because of certain sins, Therefore, he wanted the Levites to be exclusive from them, to be separate from them, and therefore he instructed them not to be counted alongside them. Why does Rashi here find it necessary to bring a different reason? We're back to the same question. Why give us a totally different reason? Another few interesting points from the many questions that the Rebbe asked. I'm just going to point out a few. Why does Rashi emphasize that, they're count, that she was counted from the womb? Why doesn't he say from birth? Why the womb? This is not a typical expression. And another thing is, why does he keep on stressing, why does he stress the fact that they are shoimrei mishmeres hakodesh? They are the appointees of the service of the, of the, of the Beis HaMikdash, of the temple. But the word shoimrei, like I explained right in the beginning, typically means the, the safekeepers, the guardians. Okay, why does he just use that they are considered already in the ranks of the servers of Avoida, okay? And, and another very important question, which is a very important rule in Rashi, why does he have to mention the rabbi? Why does he have to quote it in his name, the author of this pirush? We know that typically Rashi only will do so if it adds, if it contributes to a better understanding, to a, a better appreciation of the pirush itself, if it proves the point in a better manner. So let's get into the explanation that the Rebbe gives. You see, this verse, where it tells us to count them from 30 days and up, it comes on the heels of the verse that says, quote, I, v'ani hini lakachti es ha-levim Yisrael, that Hashem says, behold, I took the Levim, I chose them from amongst, from within the rest of the Jewish people, and Rashi says on the words, from within the Jewish people, Rashi says, what does that mean? What does it mean from within the Jewish people? It's obvious they're part of the Jewish nation. What is the Torah telling us with this? What is it emphasizing? So Rashi says that what it's telling us is that it's coming from within the Jews. It's coming from the Jews. Meaning, quote, that the Jewish people should be so awesome, they should hire them. They should employ them to my service, says Hashem. In other words, technically, the service was really incumbent on the Jewish people by means of producing and offering their firstborn to do it. But since they can no longer do it, therefore they will transfer that obligation, that privilege to the Levites and, so to speak, pay them for this service. So what is Rashi explaining? What, what, what do you see over here? Then in this verse, we cannot explain that the reason for 30 days and above 
has to do with the redemption, the pidyon bechor that we typically do, that was done then by the Levites, and later on we do it with money. It cannot be that, because that's not mentioned until later in the Parsha. It must be that this, this counting of 30 days and above, Rashi feels that this has some connection to the Pasuk which we're just coming from, the one that just preceded us, namely the one that talks about what the Levites are about, and they are the servers of Hashem, they are the ones who are tasked with serving, and therefore Rashi is compelled to explain that the reason over here for 30 days and above is not because of redeeming the, the Bechayrim, the firstborn, but because they are the ones that are tasked with the service. However, um, the question is, you know, in the previous Rashi, which we've quoted, meaning the one from chapter 1, which tells us a reason why the Levites are different than all the other Yidin, it can be acceptable, it's rational. Could you say, look, they belong to the legion of the king. They belong to an exclusive group. And therefore, they're counted exclusively. Okay, that's acceptable, that makes sense. But over here, there's still a very strong question. There's a very powerful question that looms, and that is a child, a newborn child, or even a child of 30 days old, is not in the ranks of service, doesn't serve, is not able to serve, right? In other words, why are they counted quote, to be part of the Shoimre Mishmeres HaKodesh, to be in the ranks of those who are tasked with the service of the, of the holiness, of the safeguarding of the, of the Beis HaMikdash, when in fact they're not capable of it, they have no connection to it. That's why Rashi continues. And he says, quote, this tribe, this tribe is already accustomed to being counted from birth and to be considered to, to, to be within the ranks of even those who are much older than themselves. In, in, in fact, what did Yocheved, Yocheved, the mother of Moshe, what did she do? She completed the entire number of 70. She completed it not only for himself, for herself, but for those much older than herself, even Yaakov, who was way beyond in years over her one day old status. And yet she was able to bring that number and to bring it bishlemus. And the Rebbe emphasized bishlemus means not only completed, but made it full, made it whole. So that is the reason that Rashi continues and explains this. And you see that from, from that story, that even though she was barely alive, she was barely, so to speak, her own person, yet she was able to complete the number. However, there still is a question that looms. There's still a lot of difficulty here. And that is, the question is really, what is the great value? What really is the great importance of the fact that somebody is called something? In other words, the fact that somebody's titled with something, but they're not even capable of doing it, or they're not yet there, why is that some significance? It seems to be so empty. It seems to be so, so superficial. Does that really have a value in the Torah? And that's really what Rashi is implying here. And therefore, Rashi continues not just giving us the background that, quote, this tribe is normally counted from 30 days and up, but he also offers the name of the author of this pirush, of this explanation, of this insight. Why is that important? Because when we look into the pedigree of this author, 
we find that this is his philosophical standing, that something that's called by something, something that's titled as something, has a great significance. And he proves it. And here's the story. If you look, the Gemara Yerushalmi asks a very interesting question, historical question. It says in Melachim Aleph, chapter 2, verse 11, it says, quote, the years that King David, that David HaMelech ruled over the Jewish people was a total of 40 years. So it seems to imply not more, not less, 40 years. However, the Talmud asks in the Talmud Yerushalmi, if you look in Shmuel base, in chapter 5, verse 5, over there it tells us clearly, it breaks it down, and it says, quote, in Hebron, means initially he ruled only over the tribe of Yehuda for seven years and six months, seven and a half years. And then later in Jerusalem, he, learned, he ruled over all of Israel for 33 years. So the Talmud asks, where did the six months go? I mean, it's obvious that the, the, the verse is saying the truth. It's saying 40 years. And it didn't just merely round it off. You round off a month or two, but you don't round off a half a year, which is a significance in itself. So the Talmud offers various answers. And then it brings the answer of Rabbi Yehudan, which is the Jerusalemite way of saying Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda Berev Shalem. And it says, quote, if you look into Melachim Aleph, ch- uh, uh, chapter 11, verse 16, over there, it tells us something that that um, you, that David Amelech did, or at least was done under his watch, and was actually wrong. Over there, it describes how for six months, Yoav, who is the who is the general, who is the chief of staff of David Amelech, Yoav persecuted and eliminated all the males of Edom of the nation of Edom. And Hashem said to him, this was wrong. Because in the Torah it says that Lot is Gorobon. You're not allowed to even provoke them, let alone kill them. So since for those six months, under David Amalek's watch, was something was so terribly wrong was done under his watch, therefore these six months are not counted as his rulership. It's not counted as his pedigree of being king over the Jewish people. So you see from this that Rabbi Yehuda Rabbi Shalom's philosophy, his approach, his opinion is that that alone, the fact that something is not titled as something, has a great significance. Now we know that it says, that a measure of good is always far greater than a measure of punishment. So if this is the case in the negative, that because of something negative, he was not called it. So we understand that in the positive, when somebody is called something, yes, that has a tremendous significance. A tremendous significance. But the question still remains, why couldn't Rashi just say, quote, they are called the servers of Hashem. Avodah Salavim. They are in the rank of the Avodah of the Levim. Why did he have to use this term? True, he's quoting it from the verse. Shomre Mishmeres HaKadosh. Why does he have to use this term? Why, why this specific term? So the Rebbe introduces a very interesting thing from a halacha, from a Mishnah in Tractate Nedarim, which discusses the various vows. And over there it says a very interesting thing. If somebody makes a vow, then he will derive no benefit from the seed of Avraham, meaning from the offspring of Avraham. Now the question is, who is he now forbidden to derive benefit from? 
So it says over there clearly that he's only forbidden be Israel in a, from a Jew, to derive benefits from a Jew, from a Jewish descendant of Avram, but he's allowed to derive benefits from any other nation, which includes, you know, the Esau, descendants of Esau, descendants of Yishmael. And the Gemara Yerushalmi asks, is Yishmael not considered to be the descendants of Avram? And the Gemara answers, no, they're not. Because when Hashem promised Avraham about having children and about his later offspring, he said to him, Ki be Yitzchak, be Yitzchak. In Yitzchak will be considered, will be called your offspring. So we learn from there that it's only in Yitzchak, part of Yitzchak. I'm sorry, only Yitzchak will be called your offspring, not Yishmol, even though biologically he comes from you. Then the Gemara continues and says, okay, that's fine. But is not Esav also a child of Yitzchak? And therefore, at least you should be forbidden to derive benefit from descendants of Esav as they are the descendants of Yitzchak, who is the descendant of Avraham, according to what we just qualified. So the Gemara says, Again, Rabbi Yehuda, the son of Rabshalom, said, that it says be Yitzchak. It doesn't say ki Yitzchak That Yitzchak will be called, will be considered your offspring. But it says in Yitzchak, which means only part of Yitzchak, not all of Yitzchak. That means some part of Yitzchak's descendants will not be considered his descendants, and the other part will be. The question is, how do you know which part is and which part isn't? So it's explained that because later. When Esau turned 13 years old, he immediately went out and left the fold. He went away from the ways of Yitzchak. He departed from the righteous ways of Avram and Yitzchak. Therefore, already from when he was born, he was not considered to be, quote, the seed, the offspring of Yitzchak. So what do you see again over there? That by the standard of what he is later in life, when it does count, you can already count him when he is born, when he just came out of the womb. And that is again, once again, the measure of good is far greater than the measure of punishment. If this is the case in the negative, that he's not called by that name, how much more so by the Levites, that they will eventually do this service, they will eventually be in these ranks that already, if Hashem says that they're counted, they're counted already from day one, or technically speaking, from 30 days and above. However, there is another point here which really brings it all together. Rashi keeps on, Rashi emphasizes Mishmeres, the guarding, the, 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 the task of the service, through, he, he puts it through the prism of guarding. Because like I said in the beginning, the literal meaning of Mishmeres means to guard. Because in this we see that it's not only by virtue of what they're going to do later in life that they're counted now, but already in some way they're considered like they're doing it right now. And that is, one of the main tasks of the Levites, it says that the Levites, it says, they should yachanu soviv lemishkanaidus, that they should camp around the tabernacle, around the holiness of the temple. Why? Because they should serve as a guard to not allow any foreigner to come close. I'm 
quoting the verse. They should not any, allow any kafana to come close. Now, typically, when you when you think in terms of guards, you think in terms of adults, of people who could actually serve as, you know, practically serve as viable guards. But in this case, the way the Torah highlights it, and this is what Rashi is hinting to, this little child, this little Levite who's just 30 days old, or like I said in the beginning, technically from birth, the fact that he exists, the fact that he's born, and there is another human body there, says the Torah, the Torah is hinting to the fact that he too serves as a Shomer Mishmeres HaKodesh, as a guardian protecting the holiness of the Mishkan, of the Beis HaMikdash. In other words, his mere existence even though he's not really a, a, a self and an independent existence, separate from his mother, he is, quote, from the womb. He just came out. He can barely, he can't take care of himself. He can't help himself. But his mere existence, the Torah is telling us, already serves as something to be counted as another guardian, another protector of the thing. Where do you see it? Again, from Yochevet. That when she was just born, she was born as they entered. She was she can barely take care of himself. She can't take care of herself. She barely exists as an independent living thing. And yet she's already counted to be called the 70th who completes the whole number of the people who entered to Mitzrayim.